Footy Prime the Podcast is brought to you by Tony Bet, official sponsor of the CPL and presenting sponsor of Canada's unofficial voice of footy. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language, and sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Tuesday, it's Footy Prime. We promised you, didn't we? We'd come back in a couple of days' time. You didn't believe us, but we came back. Welcome once again to 2023. Sharman here, Forrest, Brennan, Wong, JC's here as well at the tables. How you doing, boys? Doing great. <laughs> Never has so much been said in so few words, Craig. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to be all positive and like energetic. Yeah. I, think wrong? I think he's gotten paler during this Christmas break. Did the sun ever visit you this this last two weeks? No, but I have a therapy light, and that doesn't seem to give you much of a tan. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, man, you're translucent. I can see your spider veins. Hey, listen, in fairness, because the sun has seen none of us the last 10 days, for Christ's sake. It, it looks no like sun. you went on holiday on a submarine. <laughs> <laughs> LED therapy lights. Is uh, it, has, how's it working for you, apart from the tan? I feel like shit. Oh, good. Yeah. I've got mine on why, right now. My LED light. Why don't you turn it on, Forrest? Oh, you mean you have to turn it on? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe adjust the mood setting from shitty it's a great yeah yeah my dad's got one too i got him to get one and he's like uh yeah i gotta sit in there on the counter i'm like i know where counter he's talking about is behind him i'm like you leave it on behind you yeah so it's not in my eyes <laughs> <laughs> that's the point you uh, the back of his neck must be bronzed right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> his Achilles heel. His Achilles heel is dark. When you play football, like you, we wake up in shitty moods, you know, some of us every day, but um, frequently or occasionally or rarely, right? But when you, when you played and you woke up and you think, oh, shit, I've got to go in. I've got to train this morning. I mean, I'm sure even though you're playing football, it can be a bit of a drain on you, right? But... After that session, were you, was it good for your mental health? Did you generally feel much better? Yeah, yeah, you did. But you're right. There's times, many times, when the weather's like, has it stopped raining for three weeks? It's four degrees. Feels like minus 10. Yeah. Goalkeeper coach just says, you might as well dive in the mud now. Get it over with. Oh, no, you know? Brutal. Not a lot of fun. No. Well, no. especially what they've learned now with vitamin D and what we do need for light. It's incredible. Like you guys could even drag your asses out of bed some days. Mm. Yeah, it was horrible. It's like what he's saying there. You know, you go through spells, weeks and weeks of just rain. It's dark. It's miserable. You look over at the goalkeeper, see them jumping around like kangaroos in the mud. And <laughs> and, I, and the players, we're like, none of us are sliding. We don't want to get, 
even more wet and cold and miserable and ah, it sucked. I remember back in high school, back in England, and my gym class was always at like eight thirty in the morning, and. You know, you remember, I mean, the weather was shit, like you mentioned there, right? And the school fields probably weren't quite as great as your training fields. And I remember stepping out, you know, in that first puddle, you're just soaking wet, right? And you just get covered in mud. You're soaking wet. You're miserable. You, you love, you're playing rugby or football or whatever. You're loving that. But then you put your kit. I remember I'd always do this, put my kit in, in like a Tesco's bag in my locker and then leave it until the next week. <laughs> and then you forget about it. And then you come in the next week. And you go, oh, where's my, oh, shit. And you open this Tesco bag. Oh. And there's this ball of mud, wet mud, sometimes with mold on it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck, I've got to put this on again now. Just stank. <laughs> <laughs> Little Jimmy Sharman. We all Little did Jimmy it, though, Sharman. all of us. You'd be like, you look down the lockers, and every one of us little twats are going, oh, I really should have brought that home to mum to clean, but... <laughs> Didn't get round to it. <laughs> What's your segue going to be for bail for that? Uh, yeah, seriously, <laughs> I'm using you for that one because today, you know, we're going to kind of adjust the Tuesday shows. Often we'll have interviews, but uh, we're not interviews. We're going to kind of lean on you, the listeners, um, to really, really, we want you to really play with Wonga's sack. And week. also our Twitter feed, which always gets a lot of play. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, your, your sack's an extension of the Twitter feed. It actually is. Yes, right? I like so to say that. However you want to get hold of Wonga's sack, it doesn't matter. He <laughs> won't be complaining. Just just get us some uh, you know, comments, questions, um, statements, opinions, whatever. So so Wonga, let's let's jump right in there, shall we? Okay. Well, I'm gonna read our what our Twitter. I don't know who's running our Twitter anymore, but it's it was really good yesterday. It reads Gareth Bale retires. Once upon a once upon a time, he forced a youngish Jimmy Brennan from Southampton. We're happy to announce that he's now forcing an older Jimmy Brennan from Footy Prime, <laughs> assuming so he accepts our offer after receiving it. Gareth, Gareth, hello. So look, we're that's joking just, about this. Bullshit. That's not very nice. No, it, whoever did this is like prick. the most miserable prick we know on the show. So I think that's who it is. But the funny one, the funniest one was uh, Fenton Kieran saying, I can hear for fuck's sakes from Jimmy in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so Jimmy, give us, uh, he, you were at Southampton with me, and I know we've recounted this story. Yeah, did many you, times. And why do we just got to keep reliving it? Because <laughs> he's retired. Pick, the best then, player. And now he's going to take my job here again? <laughs> <laughs> you wonder why I'm fucking miserable half the time? <laughs> well, not yet, Jimmy. He hasn't accepted yet, but it, no. you know, we never know. But did you know? Did you know he was going to be? Did he have the skills right from the beginning? Did you know he's going to have the career he had? Yeah, you knew he was going to be good because there was there was a lot of a lot of talk about him. And I remember back then, uh, out Southampton. Um, I mean, really, what they're known for is they their academy is phenomenal. They develop an awful lot of players, and you think over the years how many players have. I've gone on, played for Saints, or ended up getting transferred to Liverpool. Liverpool seemed to be a favorite spot for a while. Same with Man United. They end up taking Luke Shaw. They Even Alan Dyer, who was at Swansea. She, like loads of players that came mm. through this system. And um, he was the next one that was coming through. And uh, I remember seeing him play a couple of times. Because, you know, when the, the first team is playing against the youth or the, the reserve teams on a, on a Thursday or Friday to go over tactics and that. And you could see 
he just had so much pace and power and great left foot. And there was big hype around the club with him. They knew that that he was going to move on at some at some point. Um, and then that's when when I was up and I ended up going to TFC and he ended up coming through. And, you know, I think he only played, what was it, 30, 40 games for Saints and he was off, off to Tottenham. Did he, he uh he started as a left back, didn't he? Like like literally like a defender, right? Yeah. I'm but it was more that that I mean <laughs> yeah. during that time as well, it was that that wing back role, right? Yeah. Where the wide players were coming in and you just had that whole line to yourself. But he he, he could do it easy because he was just built for it, built for that position. And uh, one of the articles I was reading was he stayed away from trouble, like the drinking, the partying. Um, I don't know. Is that, is that, uh, a good take on that? And he loved the golf, obviously. He did all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, he wasn't, he wasn't like that. He wasn't a big, a big party animal. And look, and, and I didn't know him too well, obviously, because he was with the, with the youth team at the time. Um, but I mean, look, look at his career and what he's done. He's, he's not a big party animal. He's got his, his hobbies that he enjoys, obviously, which is, which is golf. You know, he's family man as well and you know he's always very close with his friends as you can see so yeah he was just uh he was a uh, he had his head on head on his shoulders that's for sure especially at a young age and, and not to make light of it i mean listen this is football it happens at every single club to every single player right but but for those that haven't heard the story so jimmy was at southampton on the left hand side and eventually he got moved on because they needed an opportunity in a space right for gareth bale it's actually a pretty cool story, actually, Jimmy. I mean, if you lost your spot to some bomb who did nothing, well, this listen, is a guy that's maybe the greatest British footballer of all time. Charms, it's it's not it's not a great story when I'm sitting in front of George Burley and George Burley's going, "Hey, Jimmy, you've been terrific for me. Been great in the dressing room. Boys love you. You've played all the games since you come here." I'm thinking, okay, perfect, but <laughs> I can't keep you because. Gareth Bale's coming through, and I was like, Gareth, the one with the ears, that kid, yeah. I was like, all right, George. And then he ends up having a little laugh with me, like everything's all right. But the funny thing was, I think that when I left, and I, I thought I was going to stay in England, I got a, a phone call as well back from uh, TFC. Um, and I flew back to Toronto to come meet with them. And just as I signed, Saints called me back because I think they knew that they were selling, selling, selling bail. And they said, hey, did you sign yet? And I went, well, yes. I said, why? He said, well, because we're, we're interested. We, we want to bring you back because I think we're moving them on quick. Really? And I went, you know what, guys? Go fuck yourselves, eh? Yeah. Seriously. Did you say that? No, not not that way. But you can take the telephone. Well, I mean, we're, we're all pretty – we're big sharers on this show. So, yeah. But fair enough. I mean, I, I understand why you think that way. But it's such a tough – it's a tough business, isn't it? Because, I mean, there must be a part of you thinking, listen, I've got a great opportunity in Toronto. It's going home. It's a good way to end my career. But, I mean, the allure of staying in England at a club that you knew must have been pretty strong. Yeah, I would have. I would have uh, I would have definitely stayed and played another few years at Saints. It was a great club. Great, great club. Some very good players there as well. And um, Were they, yeah, were they, obviously it was, were they Prem or First Division then? Or uh, they just dropped to the championship. Mm. But then they went back up. Oh, geez. Relatively quick. Wow. Had you uh, had Bale not come around and, and you were at Southampton, Burley lied to you, do you think you would have ever come to TFC? Uh, no. See, I, 
It was funny because I, I had a couple offers from, from a few other teams in England at the time, right? Um, I thought maybe I might have ended up going to Middlesbrough or Leicester. Um, there was a few other clubs that were sniffing around. My agent was talking to me. And then I got the call from, from Toronto asking if I was interested. So, I mean, the first thing I said was, who's, who's involved? And they went, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. And then right away, you just go, okay, you know, this is going to be legit. And I flew home. You know, I met, met everybody. I saw the plans of what they were looking to do. And they said, look, we would love you to come back and, you know, be the first signing and help, help us grow this. And I was, what, 30 at the time. And I was like, you know, maybe, maybe now's the, the time to, to go back and, you know, have a good few years playing in front of friends and family who never get to see me. You know, you get to see on TV, but then, you know, for them to, to come on over and, you know, it's only for a week or so to watch a match and then, you know, they're going back home. So it was the timing. The timing was right for me. I think if I was younger, there would have been no chance, no way I would have came back and played in MLS. But because I was coming towards the end of my career and I thought, yeah, maybe, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll retire in, in MLS. And back then, too, the, the league wasn't that good, Major League Soccer. I think it caught a lot of guys off guard. I remember sitting with Danny Dickey and Carl Robinson and, and we were, we just couldn't believe how athletic the league was. Like tactically, it was all over the place. You know, the games just opened up, and it was bizarre. Uh, but the league's in a good spot now. But yeah, I think the timing was right. I don't have any regrets coming back and playing for Toronto. I loved it. Was it not unknown, Jimmy? Too, it wasn't it. Like because I mean, soccer has failed numerous times in Canada before. Nobody knew that Toronto SC was going to be what it ended up becoming. It was a no. an absolute slam dunk from day one. A little yeah. bit worrying after year five, after they hadn't played particularly well. And you think, well, geez, you know, we've seen this fail before, so better get it right. Well, they did. And the league's, yeah, in a much different place, absolutely. But there must have been some deep thought for sure, Jimmy, when you made that sign and coming over for sure. Yeah. Well, I think I think I'm I think I had a chat with you, Craig, in the first first maybe season. You said, you know, what'd you think? And I was like, fuck, and I've got myself into here. Right. Uh, you know, you you're sitting in a dressing room where you got to couple older experienced guys that have you know got a lot of games under their belts and then you're playing with some guys that are near enough out of high school and <laughs> i'm in the crowd and they have no idea what they're doing and yeah it was uh it was a strange situation but uh i think i i did enjoy and i embraced you know that whole building process it's like what i said before i think you know when you everybody's got to play a role in role in building something right and um you know, through the players, administrators, the coaches, uh, to get something where it is today. Um, you know, and myself and Danny and a few others, you know, we we played our role for a few years and then you pass it on to the next group and then Michael Bradley comes in and the next guy, Giovenko, comes in. They build it as far as they can go and then the next group comes in and that's where the club is today. So everybody's played a role and I played a small piece in it. So I'm quite happy with that, especially, you know, being a local guy and getting to play for your your hometown club, which we, Craig, you never had that chance, and and I didn't have it either yeah. when I was when I was a young guy because there was nothing around. So for for me yeah. to come back and, and get to play for your your local club was great. Plus, amazing history! You got to score the first goal at BMO Field for CFC. Well, Danny did. Uh, Danny, Danny did. did. Wrong, wrong, wrong guy. <laughs> wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> Do I fucking six foot five and bald? <laughs> Thanks, Wilma, for the contribution. Yeah, Jimmy had nothing to do with the goal, actually. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, man. Absolutely nothing. I celebrated. But what I did do, eh, I was the first I was the first Canadian to score for Toronto FC. And that was an away goal. Really? At Columbus. 
Yeah. So, so my dig, they should be chanting your name in the that's right sixty fourth minute or whenever it was. Jimmy Brennio, Jimmy Brennio, Jimmy Brennio. Yeah. <laughs> they lost that game, I'm sure of it, because we never we called called five winners in five years on the road. I think that was that long range one that I hit. That was a beaut. That was I remember that one. You oh, lost four one. Yeah, <laughs> Doesn't matter. It was a sublime strike from the Canadian. Yeah. Hey, Craig, did uh, when you were at Ipswich or, or West Ham, I mean, obviously MLS was, you know, in its earlier days, but did they ever, any team ever approach you or your agent? It was so different. Yeah. So different. I questioned Frank Yallop when he made the decision to go over to the Tampa Bay Mutiny. I was like, Frankie, are you sure? You got a few good years over here. That league doesn't know if it's going to make it from one year to the next. And and it didn't. I mean, when he went to Mutiny, that that team ends up folding. Thomas Rongan, our buddy, he was the, the coach at the time. That league. And Frank was like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be around next year. And it was just, it was struggling. It was really stuttering. So it was a different place. But he, he made the right decision, Frank, in a way because – he looked at it as a stepping stone to his coaching career and getting involved, networking, whatnot, which he did because he followed Thomas to Washington. And then Frank got his own job, obviously, in San Jose and then Los Angeles Galaxy and on and on it went. So, yeah, it was a, it was a good move by Frank in the end. But at the time, with the league as it was and not knowing whether it would be around from one year to the next, it was a, it was a big decision for him. Yeah, I think that, that's what I was looking at that as well, too. Because when when I came back is you know what's what's next what's after football, and I knew I wanted to get in coaching, and uh, that worked out well. <laughs> you, yeah. you didn't you didn't foresee this, did you? No, man. It was it was brutal. I think I told you the story too, didn't I? I so which story? Oh, so, <laughs> yeah, which one? So listen, <laughs> <laughs> how I how I ended up leaving. It was brutal, man. I was like. So I, when I retired, I went upstairs because I wanted to see the business side of football, right? So I was working alongside Mo Johnson. That was, that was wild. <laughs> and then uh, after, that, after that first season, they, they said, okay, do you want to stay up here? Do you want to? I said, well, look, I said, now I want to I get into coaching. I want to go see this side of this, the game now, right? And I was doing my coaching license. And just as I was finishing up my career, I started to, to go get all my licenses, right? And uh, I ended up taking the, the U-17s. Okay. So I had them for a year and it was great because, you know, as a, as a coach, I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, you know, you, you don't go straight into a first team because you can't, you can't make mistakes, you know, but with the young kids, you, you're finding out who you are as a coach, all of a sudden now, everything that you're saying, they're listened to, they're like sponges and you can make your mistakes down there where you can't in, in the first team. So I was down there for about a year, had a great, great little squad going into the second season. And uh, we played New York at home, New York Red Bulls. And we ended up, uh, we ended up beating them. Like the phone rings, right? It's Aaron Vinter. And he's like, Jimmy, how are you? And I was like, yeah, good. And he goes, uh, how was the game? I was like, oh, really good. So, and then it was usual conversation, right? You start talking about the young players and who played well and who didn't. And, and sorry, Jimmy, Aaron Vinter at this point is whom? He was, he was the head coach. Of? Of the first team. Jeez. At TFC, okay. So then he, yeah. So then he, <laughs> yeah. That's another the first, story. The first team was struggling. Remember, they they were something oh. like ten games. They couldn't win, and they were just having an absolute nightmare. That's when Danny Coverman scored them the worst team in the world, right? Yeah, and you knew, that's you true. know, his, his time was up. He was getting fired. So I'm enjoying myself. I'm having fun with the youth youth teams, 
And all of a sudden he goes, uh, Jimmy goes, listen, now he goes, I want to make some changes with the first team. I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I'm thinking maybe he wants to pull up a couple of players. He goes, uh, I'm going to move Bob the clerk into a different position. He goes, and I want you to come be my assistant. And I was like, what? Now in the back of my mind going, I'm, I'm going, you're, you're one game away from getting fired here. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you do? Right. And I remember getting off and I was talking to um, uh, longer Thomas, <laughs> Thomas wrong. And I was talking to Thomas wrong. And I was like, Thomas, I said, the gaffer just called. He wants me to come up with the first team. I said, I'm a bit reluctant to go because I'm enjoying working with this, this team. I'm still finding my feet as a coach, but how do you turn down an opportunity to go work with the first, first team? Because if I say no, then he's going to be going, well, who, who's this guy? You're not on my side. You know, why, why wouldn't you come join me in the first team? So after thinking about it, I was like, okay, well maybe I'll, I'll go up and I'll, I'll join him. I can't say no. So we get up. I think we played one game. We, we won. Then we played in the Canada cup. We beat Vancouver and we won the Canada cup. Then it was an international break. He ends up getting fired. Right. And I remember just sitting there going, he's just got fired. I've lost my team because they've got a new coach that took over the year 17s. If a new coach comes in now, I'm out the door. I'm gone. There's my coaching career over before it even started. <laughs> and then it was uh, Paul Mariner. Paul Mariner came in and he goes, he grabbed me. He says, listen, he goes, I know you're in limbo right now. He goes, you lost your other team. And he goes, you were the first team coach who just got fired three weeks after you just came up. And I said, yeah, I am. He goes, well, look, he goes, I know you. He goes, I've obviously done my homework, asked around. So he goes, I've given you an opportunity. You, you can stay and work with me in the first team. I was like, okay, that'd be great. You know, I'll definitely help whatever you need. Just let me know and I'll help you. Sure enough, he gets fired. But a year later, <laughs> sitting there again going, what is happening here? Then Ryan Nelson, he ends up coming in. And he goes, listen, Jimmy, he goes, I know you. I want you to stay. Stay working with me. Now we're in playoff position, 10 games left. He gets fired. And I'm sitting there going, I'm just, I'm going through three managers now in about a year and a half, two years. This is an absolute nightmare for me. And then sure enough, I mean, I think it was Bezbachenko just said, look, we're going to clear out the whole coaching staff and, and away you go. And then I remember I got a call from him. I think it was Larry. And he was like, look, you got kind of chucked out with the bathwater here. And he goes, we got to. Don't know. Where I said, well, look, I said, I understand. I said, you know, the thing is, too, the next manager comes in, he's going to be thinking, Jimmy, you've you've survived three managers. How are you going to survive a fourth? So right. I knew my, my time was up, but it was a shame because I, I really wanted to kind of work my way up and do U17, maybe get into the under 20s or reserve team and then get into the first team eventually. But, you know, it's a funny game how it works. And the timing was just impeccable for me, wasn't it? Jesus, yeah, man. And you, you, you've got a bad history of associating with bad characters. You know, oh. coaches and <laughs> and don't get, don't get me. Like Ryan, Ryan Nelson was awesome. You know, I, I really genuinely thought he was a, he was a very good coach, understood the game. You know, I, I learned an awful lot from him, but I think he was just ended up button heads. Right. You know, as, are you, was it as Kevin as Payne as, as president? Yeah. Kevin Payne was oh. at KP. He was, he was a great guy. What a lovely fellow. Sad story, obviously, you know, yeah. with, with him passing away, but. He was, he was one of the good guys, that's for sure, Kevin Payne. And, you know, I'd reach out to him once in a while and have a conversation with him and pick his brain about a few things. And uh, he, uh, he genuinely loved the, loved the game, but he was, uh, he, was, he was good to work for. Very I supportive. Was, I was driving home from dropping the kids off this, this day, and Chelsea came into my brain, and I was trying to put it on a corporate level. And I remember a couple of times in my career 
where the head boss has put, so Todd Bowley has put someone in charge. And you sit there and you go, you, everyone knows this person is failing. So Grand Potter's failing right now. But the, the head boss can't admit that. And Craig Sharms, we've worked in this industry for a long time. You've seen that. And they have to stand behind that person so they don't look like they've effed up. And it just kind of, you know, all those stories you have, mm-hmm. Jimmy, it puts me it like y- there's nothing you can do sometimes. Right. And I think yeah. of Craig, I think how many times we saw this at places we worked where you're just like, holy geez, they put that guy in charge two months later. You, everyone in the whole building knows it's not working. Yeah. And the head boss can't admit that or he looks like he's effed up. Right. And yeah, that's where I think Chelsea is at a bit right yeah, now. Yeah, to a certain point more. I mean, they he fired Tuchel. I know. I know. You know, like, and the club has a history previously of firing managers very, very quickly, the very best of managers. So I don't know if he wants to keep that going. It obviously didn't upset the Chelsea fan base because as long as they were winning trophies. Until last right. week and they're starting to. Although Simon, yeah, Jordan, Simon Jordan on TalkSport this morning, he was talking about that and he was saying that there were other reasons why Tuchel was fired. And he goes, if you knew the truth, it'd be enough to make your eyes water, mm-hmm. whatever that means. Simon Jordan's doing very well in talk sport these days. He knows how to get a, an audience, mm-hmm. but he said it wasn't just the Zagreb result. It was a lot more than that. So who, who, who knows? Tuchel's kind of disappeared. And you're right. I mean, Potter is on the surface of it failing, but he's really just arrived. He's inherited a team, a squad, Agreed. which we you know yeah. was built by the previous administration and Tuchel that weren't playing well, right? So, I mean, I think Bowley Bowley has to be patient with Potter. Mm. I mean, you can't fire another guy now. You need some stability there. Give him another window, surely. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. This window for sure. But you know how it works. A couple Mm. more losses in Chelsea, they'll make a change. They won't won't hesitate. Yeah. And the the fans dictate that as well, don't they? They do. You know, when he's, you know, when the owner's sitting in the stadium and you can see the fans are, you know, getting the back or getting on the back of the, the players and the coaches, you know, someone's going to make a decision because the owner's not going to say, you know what, I messed up. I'm going to walk away. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he's got to look at the manager and go, well, take a little bit of pressure off me here. I'm going to pull the trigger and we'll get somebody else in by a bit of more, buy some more time now. I'm kind of torn now, though, because after Jimmy's, you know, um, Little, little monologue there. You know, we want to get behind something, a cause, right, on Footy Prime. And I think getting Jimmy a job would be a great start. But I don't want to lose Jimmy either. All joking aside, whoever wrote that awful tweet yesterday about Bale, Bale probably isn't coming. You're such a dick, eh? <laughs> <laughs> You're such a dick. What are you talking about? <laughs> but listen, you know, Jimmy has his badges. He's qualified. He has success. He's proven he's good with young players. Why the fuck isn't he working, Craig, in, in football in this country? You know? Christ's sakes. You know, it just Stop makes it, Charms. We can't find another Jimmy. He's irreplaceable. Well, you know, maybe may part of his deal, wherever it ends up going, he'll get a job sometime. Can yeah. be like, I need to keep doing this podcast for my sanity. This coaching is great, but it's also for the birds. <laughs> it is like you get hired to get fired like what the yeah. fuck it's the pressure though that's what you you like you like the pressure do you really like explain that to me this pressure you talk about because i hate you, 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 it's a it's a weird feeling 
you know, the highs, the highs are high and the lows are low, but you know, there's nothing better when you you're out in the pitch and you're working and come game time, you see everything that you've worked on and it all comes together. It's, it's a rush. And then obviously, you know, you, you got to get results. You got to win. I mean, look, I've been fired twice from two jobs for being in a playoff position. I took one team to the playoff, got fired. <laughs> and then at TFC, I was, I was in the playoffs for the first time. I got fired. How did they so, describe Tuchel? Yeah, so my, maybe that was my maybe that's my problem. <laughs> There's yeah. other stuff going on, Jimmy. Yeah, it yeah. would make you it would make you weep. What was, was it? Your busy hands. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was my problem. Don't get don't get in a playoff position. You'll be golden. Yeah, you are you are quite the dapper dresser though. So we we don't get that on the podcast when they sh- when we have the old pictures of you when you're at York United. Yeah, you look you look extra special. And then what we we get on the podcast. He's wearing a forest shirt today. That's all right. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. That's not bad. No, I'm not getting dressed up for you guys. Are you guys out of your mind? <laughs> I didn't think today would be a Jimmy therapy session. I thought it was Craig's therapy session with his lamp. Turns yeah. out. We oh, I'm lamp. great. Are you we kidding Jimmy's me? lamp. <laughs> Look at him. Look at Craig. He's on the top of the world. Oh. Wearing his Puma outfit. Again. <laughs> Again. All these jackets he's got. I'm, I'm, I could have sworn, right? And correct me if I'm wrong, but. All the the Puma gear that gets shipped to his house was that not supposed to get dispersed between the group? You're right. Yeah, well, I gave one to Wonger. Right. He left it he at the bar. It. I have one. You got, got one too, Terrence. I, I got yeah. a sweatshirt. It's yeah. nice. See? Yeah, that's yeah. good. I know. Yeah. I've sent I've sent Craig my shoe size about eleven times. <laughs> Still don't have any shoes. <laughs> no. He's selling them, and they're on Amazon. Craig, what's your, what's your, your, yeah. Craig, great, what's your shoe size? That's how he's making his shoe size, Craig. Not telling you. Because <laughs> he just keeps getting, oh, these are for Sharbs. Yep. Yeah, these are for water. Size 12s, size 12s, size 12s. And then the worst thing is, then when you see him, he's got a nice Puma jacket on, and he's, he's showing it off. Like, yeah, these are really cool. They sent me these. And they're just, they're nice I've jacket, never seen Craig it? wear the same shoes twice either. He's always no. got a brand new pair of Pumas. They're yeah, beautiful. Always. Even if they're too small for him, he's cramming his feet in them because they're actually Jimmy's. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What what you, I'll get you a nice sweater there. To, I got one for you here, Jimmy. <laughs> what I, wanna, I, I don't want. I don't want one that you've worn, or you, that you oh. sleep in. No, I could. You, do you want a Swiss jersey? <laughs> is there is there a hoarding situation going on there, Craig? I mean, is it like a, a distribution center? It should be, but you're just not distributing. So you've got just boxes and boxes of Puma gear lining the hallways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also. Because cats do. even have puma jackets on. <laughs> Little small guns. Hey, Wonga, anything else from? Uh, yeah, I, I, well, I wanted to revisit some comments. Uh, Craig, a couple months ago, he, he asked, "Is the NFL more boring than soccer?" And it was pretty funny. He uh, he got some people on our comment track on YouTube going. So Ian Jackson said, "To be fair, thirty. It, it was specifically." about Thursday night football for the NFL as we're as we're approaching NFL playoffs. So Ian Jackson said, to be fair, Thursday night football this year has been the worst matchups and worst football played on Thursday night in a while. Hot Garbage said, I mean, you can't tackle people as violently in soccer as you do in American football. But my favorite take is from Jimmy Two Times. These guys' wives cheat on them while they sit down together for this podcast. Our oh, our wives, our wives. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. 
That's so nice. That, Jimmy, two, Jimmy two times. I appreciate that comment. <laughs> and then I was thinking even more. There's only two guys that are married. And so and Craig, Jimmy and I. probably cheating on them. J- JC and, and Sharms' wives are. Where are your wives right yeah, now? Yeah, where, where's the wives, boys? Where's the one probably? Oh, my wife, she's good. My wife's just across the street with the handyman talking about what they're going to do to our house. She's always on <laughs> in your house? Do no, in they're your at house? The, no, they're at the house across the street. She Whenever there's like the, the group of them are over there, she always goes over because she gets all the most information, right? And she always comes back with like, oh, she's always tired because she got so many ideas from these guys. Out of breath. She's out yeah, of breath. totally. So like, but it's great because, but then I don't know, we still haven't really done any renos lately, but she's always at it. So I don't know what she's been up to. My wife's on another work trip to Mexico. Uh, it's weird because, I mean, I also own the company that she works for. And I don't know, she goes down to Mexico at least once a month for a week. Yeah, swingers.com. Uh, there yeah, must be buying loads of pies down there. <laughs> hey, JC, does she always leave the house with the keys and drops them in the bowl when they go over? <laughs> no, but she got some massage oil. <laughs> <laughs> she well, yeah, that's... All- all smooth and lubed up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, because that's you smell like the... coconut butter. Adultery's funny. Wait a minute. It's so funny. Now that you mention it. <laughs> Man? <laughs> Man? <laughs> that's why she left me with the dog. <laughs> uh, and, and the final, uh, final comment is from our charitable uh, reviews. I'm just going to read this Ooh. one because... I like to no. I like to I like to let us off on a, a happy note. Oh, it was a good one. It's a good one. It's five stars from Cal Toronto via Apple Podcasts. Can't miss podcast five stars. I I subscribe to several soccer related podcasts, but this is the one I go to every time a new episode pops up. My favorite parts are hearing the outrageous, funny or odd off pitch or on pitch stories from the former pros Jimmy and Craig. I don't know of any other soccer podcast anywhere around the world that features this kind of former player content in such a candid and humorous way, much less one tailored to Canadian-based fans. The rest of the panel do a great job drawing out these stories while also providing relevant news and insightful comments on matches and players. Your hard work is not falling on deaf ears. Please keep it up. So That's great, Cal. Thank you, Cal. That's what I thought. That makes me feel good. Me too. Um, I like the tragic stories from the ex-players more than anything. Yeah, there's a lot of those. <laughs> <laughs> so once upon a time, I was so jealous of them. Not anymore. Were you? <laughs> no. Were you ever jealous of these two? No. I, I, listen, do I, did I envy someone that made money playing a sport? Fuck yeah. Kidding me? I still am. Doesn't mean I was jealous. I could never yeah. do it. Never had the talent. But um, yeah. what, what, I mean, what? As, as much as it is, I think it was and could be a great life i mean i think we we're very honest in this podcast right i we didn't know yeah i didn't know easy i didn't know who either of them were before before i met them in <laughs> broadcasting it's a, it's a great life look look how happy me and forest are <laughs> <laughs> please someone offer them something amazing christ they got more football like you and their little fingers than the rest of us combined surely they can help your club out but why don't we just end this podcast? Why don't we just buy like a really bad team, like uh, a really bad team, really and turn awesome. it into like like make like like the Canadian Wrexham? You know, that's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Seriously though, like let's find like a small league somewhere. It doesn't have to be in Canada, and find they don't have to be bad. Just a small team that has you know a cool small fan base and build them up, and then call it the 
uh, I don't know. Toronto, Toronto Primers. Always, there you go. Uh, well, cool. how about our listeners? Listen, let us know if there's a club. Suggest a club that we can buy. Yeah. Right. Our budget is probably what five hundred dollars. Five hundred. <laughs> yeah. About five hundred. <laughs> All right. We can't do and, more than that. And some Puma, old Puma shoes from Craig Forrest. <laughs> yeah. We'll supply the shoes once we get into the All size Craig's closet. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's about it i think it's a good it's a good uh tuesday uh, i know you're pointing but you're pointing at the wrong side of the screen wonger it's no. over here no <laughs> it's over here okay. um it's... right no it's this way well, i don't my, know my, my, little, my little uh chat was on the right hand oh, side okay. of my screen so you know it's tv it's like cameras so it's the opposite right north star bets get on there please to lay all your wages this weekend on the premier league which returns in the fa cup break and if you want to see the Premier League, fubotv.com slash footy prime. Subscribe now and get 25% off while the deal lasts. Another 20 days, end of January. We will return on Wednesday evening uh, for our, our foundation show. That's the, the, the first, how we began on Wednesdays. And that's the one that goes off the rails. This one was more of a show for Jimmy. So, Jimmy, I hope you got a lot out of it. We'll see you I tomorrow. Didn't. I didn't. Use a therapy session after it. Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime.